0: Welcome to Hub City Homers. This will be episode 47. If you listen to episode 46, you'll note that this is our mega session. We've been at this for an hour. We're now on hour two, but we're going to split those episodes up for you guys so that it's easier to listen to and you still get the two episodes this week that you've been promised. Now, I mentioned this in the last episode. We're not going to talk about Murray State. I don't want to pretend to be an expert about something I'm not. I have no earthly idea what makes you know a great FCS team other than North Dakota State dominates that and a few of those like uh jmu's now i believed moved up this season you know was really good so i i just i can't be bothered to pretend that game's going to be close i can't do it it's too depressing um it would make me really sad if that's competitive i was mad for like three days after the hbu disaster a couple years ago uh, you should beat the hell out of murray state and beat them comfortably and if you don't you will learn something about this team but the other side is i just don't want to do the research on those guys I, I mean all offense attended i very rarely get to trash talk schools like this so allow me the opportunity to be a dick to the little guy a little bit um i gotta i gotta say i don't care about them nobody cares about them they are not good we should win by four scores Um, So that's all we're going to say. We're going to move on to the real football that's going to be played this season, which starts with NC State and Houston. Houston being first, NC State being second. Um, You will have Houston at home which will be a great boost against a good Houston squad. You will then go on the road to NC state for what could be the biggest challenge to date in that season. Both Houston and NC state though, are both presumed top 25 teams. NC state being a preseason top 15 team, Houston being, I believe number 23 on the board. So you are playing a pretty brutal schedule this season. We're going to start here. And then our next episode, we're going to cover big 12 play why are we doing this kind of this way is because I think these two games are the most telling of the season. You're going to learn everything you need to know about this Texas tech football team in the early part of the year. Um, Big 12 play is going to be where the, the money's made, obviously, but I think that it's important to really break down two opponents. that tech fans just aren't that familiar with in, in NC state and Houston. And moreover, like I said, I think this is where you're going to learn. What is this going to go? Are you going to split this? You're going to get swept. Are you going to be competitive? And we're going to learn a lot about this team. So started with Houston. The Red Raiders are intimately familiar with U of H having played them quite a few teams the last few years. They did catch them last year. I was in that game, covered it from the press box. Um, A disappointing showing by U of H fans, though I still think that was one of the higher attended games of their season at NRG. Um, The first half of that game, for those of you who don't remember, was all Houston. Everything Tech did seemed to go wrong. I think they scored one touchdown. They fumbled on like the seven yard line and then otherwise were unable to move the ball while houston grinded out these ridiculous like 10 minute drives that just ate away the entire first half the second half it was all texas tech i believe this final that tally of that was 31 unanswered points in that game um it was just total and unending domination the second half tech was leaps and bounds more talented better prepared better coached and just took advantage of a u of h team that wasn't ready to play against the red raiders now that was a pretty good u of h team they had a great year and tech dominated them in that second half but you know i'm willing to say first half second half it was a wash the better team just won that game you won by 10 um if u of h had made so many mistakes they could have pulled it off The reason this game is important is Clayton Toon threw a lot of picks in that game. I think the total was three, which was really the difference in the game. In addition, Tech completely and utterly shut down the rushing attack from U of H for large chunks of the game um, outside of the Clayton Toon, you know, pull the ball. But Clayton Toon will be orchestrating the show on the offense. Jack, talk us through this offense led by Mr. Toon. What are we expecting from U of H this year? What are kind of the things to look out for? What are the 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 biggest matchups you're kind of eyeing for this 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 offense versus defense?
1: Well, I think that Clayton Toon is going to get the opportunity again to throw the ball more than they run. Uh, Clayton Toon is a whether you were at the game last year or not. Both of us were Uh, Clayton Toon is a talented quarterback. Uh, He's a D1 starter. And, you know, if we waited two years or if he was two years younger, he would be a starter at a big 12 power five program. Um, I really truly think that they return. I, mean, I don't think I know they return a lot of guys. They return nine guys uh, on offense. Uh, a lot of these guys are going to be familiar to tech fans because two of them once played at tech. Uh, They return to John Henry and Keyshawn Carter. Uh, They will be back for uh, the Cougars. Uh, Nathan Dell will also be back as a wide receiver. So a lot of these guys are going to be returners. They return pretty much their entire offensive line other than their right tackle, Uh, but they have a couple of transfers in at that right tackle position also. Um, My highlight of the uh, game will, just for the hell of it, is probably going to be uh, the matchup of Keyshawn Carter and Nathan Dell against the Texas Tech secondary. Uh, a few of these guys in our secondary are very familiar with Tijon Henry and uh, Keyshawn Carter, so... I don't think that anything that they do is going to be anything new for our secondary. Um, but I, I'm, I really truly am interested to see how uh, those guys uh, coupled with Alex Hogan on the defensive side uh, return to Lubbock and uh, just to see how they play because uh, from to be quite up front, this is not the same team they transferred out of. Uh, Matt Wells isn't the head coach. Uh, None of those coaches really stayed. So this is a completely new team in Lubbock, and they don't know any of these coaches, so they don't really know what they're going to get. So I think that my performance to look for will be those two uh, key receivers, which would be Carter and Dell, against the uh, secondary of Texas Tech.
0: The matchup I'm watching is Clayton Toon running the ball. For those of you who remember this game, some of U of H's most effective moments happened when Toon pulled the ball down and took off. Um, It's really interesting. We talk about the Texas Tech transfers. Keyshawn Carter and Tazan Henry were non-factors in the game last year. It seemed almost to be a point of pride for Texas Tech that Henry went absolutely nowhere and Carter was more or less neutralized as well um henry now is likely going to be u of h's feature back the reason being is they're really really talented kids and it's it's awful that this happened but mccaskill was a fantastic running back is done for the year he tore his acl in the offseason that leaves henry and a uc usc transfer battling for the carries um Honestly, I'm not, was not that impressed with Henry at Tech. He never panned out and he bailed before. You know, I don't want to trash talk a college kid too bad, but he bailed when the job kind of got taken from him. Um, it got a little harder for him to, to get his touches and he got beaten out. You know, relationship with the coaching staffs have been discussed, blah, blah, blah. He lost the job to better players. Um, but he's going to have an opportunity here to stick it to his former team. I think he's going to get a lot of carries. But the option with Clayton Toon to pull the ball down and take off is, is a big one what neutralizes effective running quarterbacks that's an athletic downhill secondary that can you know cover and keep quarterbacks contained and really what does it is a great linebacker core and tech does not have that this is the first year in a while where tech's linebackers are at a significant disadvantage um, for the season at least presumably going in can you contain tune on the ground he's a talented quarterback throws the ball well but i i don't think u of h has got the receiving core to really just separate from tech secondary so what will break down and allow really big chunk plays is toon extending plays of his feet forcing guys to look back in the backfield and picking apart guys are going to get open keishan carter is a good receiver last year he got shut down but i doubt tech will be able to ice him again um i expect uvh to be able to score there this is a good offensive football team but the key matchup is toon running the ball because the other part of this that we're going to talk about now uvh's offensive line is kind of ass I mean, we have questions about our offensive line. This is a bad offensive line last year. I mean, like legitimately just bad. They were not good at particularly much of anything. and could not keep tune upright. And a lot of why U of H lost to Tech last year was um, just bad offensive line play. I don't think they're going to be much better this year. Now, granted, they're returning some experience and um, they got Tyler Johnson from Texas in the transfer portal to help fill in. But they were bad last year and we'll see what happens if they don't take a step forward toon's going to be scrambling for his life and that's going to be a big place to watch now talking about the offensive line defensive line matchup um, I wanna just go go straight forward. Is this a game where tech can really pin its ears back and come after these guys? Is this the game where tech makes a statement on his pass rush? Or do you think that, you know, U of H finds a way to slow this down and isolate it and protect a weaker offensive line? You know, who who comes out of this? Is this a game in which we look back being why didn't we get more pressure? Or is this a game where we look back and say, This is when Tyree Wilson announced himself to college football?
1: Well, as you mentioned, this offensive line really is kind of ass so i really think that while this offensive line returns a lot of its starters let's not beat around the bush houston is still a group of five team they're not in the big 12 yet so all of their stats granted tech was their only loss last year so Let's go ahead and call that for what it is. If you can imagine that last year's Texas Tech team was the only loss that Houston had. I don't think that this offensive line can keep up with our defensive line. I just think there's too much power five talent, and I think that the depth is too deep. I think that you're going to line... Tyree Wilson up if you're looking at the offense uh, if you're on the defensive side of the ball looking at the offense I think you're gonna line Tyree Wilson up at that left rush uh, And you're gonna expose that right tackle uh, Position that's gonna be someone new uh, to the team. I don't care if they're from the transfer portal or a true freshman they're new to the team and um, again not trying to pick on the little guy But, uh, you know, if it were worth anything, you'd be a right tackle at a power five, not a group of five, which is what that team is still at this point in time. Um, Houston does have a lot of hype around them just because they're returning so many on both sides of the ball. But, I, again, they're returning a lot of guys. But let's not forget, what was the stat? We scored 31 unanswered last year. Uh, in a game that really after that, if you would have found me after the first half, I would have said the Tech had no shot of winning that game. Just because of the way we played, the way the ball was falling, and uh, just because we really didn't seem motivated that much. Uh, I really, and I really can't believe I'm saying this, I think the Houston game last year was the best coached game by Matt Wells in his entire tenure at Texas Tech. And, and truly because it was in Houston, the game was, let's be honest for what it was, the game was not well attended, especially by Houston people, but really not for tech people that much either. Um, They could have had more. Granted, there there were more tech people than there were Houston people, but still there could have been more. Um, But I I, I really truly think that that was the best coach game by Matt Wells in his entire tenure at Texas Tech. Um, and just to motivate the guys to come out after halftime and score all those points. I will say that probably a lot of that had to do with Sonny Cumbie, but I this team couldn't keep up with Tech last year. I think the defense is a lot more experienced and more talented than they were last year uh, being Tech. Uh, they're a lot more experienced and talented. Uh, I think the offense has talent. Granted, azucama is gone, but I also think that... Um, I, I really truly think that our defense is just going to be too much for their offensive line. And I think Toon is going to have some a lot of scrambling moments, uh, as he did last year. Like you mentioned, when he gained those yards, uh, when he just tucked and ran. I think that's going to be a big feature of their team in this game, uh, and I ultimately think that well, why if this game if this game were played at a neutral site, uh, it would be a toss-up. I think that because this on the on the face value of this game, this will be a top twenty-five opponent uh, coming into Lubbock, uh, future Big Twelve opponent. Uh, Everything, all the uh, former Red Raider players on the Houston roster and everything, I I truly think that uh, this will be a well-attended game in Lubbock, and I think that uh, the crowd makes a pretty big difference in this one.
0: Yeah, I think that it it remains to be—you pointed out something that needed to be said and something I was going to talk about maybe towards the end of this when we start talking about the NC State-Houston games in in a vacuum— Being, which one's more important and which one's more challenging, um, for any number of reasons, to NC State. But a big one is the fact that U of H H is a good team, but the AAC is dog shit terrible outside of UCF, Cincinnati, SMU, and U of H. And this year, in particular, U of H doesn't play Cincinnati or UCF. I mean SMU. I don't buy the hype now that um, Dykes is gone. So. They will not be challenged. I think basically for the rest of the season, their next biggest game is probably Kansas. Right, like they're just not going to be challenged this year. They're going to win a whole bunch of games, which is great for Tech. But the other side of this is they are a Group of Five team. They won against really bad football teams last year. They won against teams that Tech would have beaten almost all of them, besides Cincinnati and UCF, who Cincinnati, which U of H did not play during the regular season. Let, let's let's face facts here. U of H could be Great, but this is not the U of H team that beat Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma. That U of H team was legitimately awesome. This U of H team is a flawed team with good potential, got good pieces, got a lot of problems. It's not going to be that great offensively, in particular. And this offensive line, I just don't see him holding up to what Tech's doing on the ground. Now, we're being pretty disparaging to U of H. I don't want to act like this is not a good team. They are a top 25 team. They will be by year's end, partly because the schedule is so bad. But the flip side of this is that the talent gap between them and Tech doesn't exist. U of H may be a better football team than Tech. We're going to find out on the field whether or not me and Jack are going to eat shit at the end of this. But they're not going to be this, like, it's not like Tech playing Alabama. It's, it's, it's not like Tech playing even a team like NC State, you know, which may just have more power five talent. It's like Tech playing any group of five team. Yeah, um, anybody but like, the best of the best of the group of five Tech should be be competitive with. Maybe you're not going to beat them all. The top teams may knock you off. They're better coached, better all-around. You might lose, but they're not going to be more talented than you. And almost their entire team, you wouldn't want those guys. Like Keyshawn Carter, I think Tech would take back. You're not going to take Tazon Henry back. Uh, Clayton Toon wouldn't beat out Shuck, Donovan Smith, or Morton. He's a good, great quarterback, but that's kind of the embarrassment of Rich's. You're not gonna he's a, take it. He's anybody.
1: a he's a great group of five quarterback.
0: Yeah, he's he's the kind of guy on that offense that he's gonna do well. He's he's a good I don't wanna again, I, I actually don't hate U of H. I know some tech fans remember the old Southwest conference days. I'm not one of them, but I have a hard time accepting U of H as being relevant because when they had their great team, they blew their chance to do more with it. And now, ever since then, we keep hearing that U of H is gonna be good and it just keeps not happening. You know, like last year was a great record with a lot of bad teams that they beat up on. I mean, I think their next best win. Actually, their only good win was SMU. I don't think they have another good win on that schedule last year. And this year, they're not going to get another good win on that schedule besides SMU if they don't beat Tech. Um, Right? Like this, this, I, I, I don't want to... U of H will likely be favored in this game unless they get really stumbled in their first game. I don't have let me pull their schedule real quick let's see who does houston have first because i think that unless this happens they play they play utsa so they play trailer so they could if they stumble against utsa they may not be favored i would expect them to be like a three-point favor in Lubbock. we'll see though espn tends to favor power five teams with good reason like we mentioned but offense versus defensive line techs defensive line has more talent is better prepared for this um and i i i think you know we can talk until we're blue in the face about that matchup. But I think the really interesting one, the really interesting one on this, this this team, this game is going to be on the other side of the ball. This is going to be tech's first real challenge for its offensive line. It's going to be its first real challenge for its, its quarterback, Tyler Shuck. And it's going to be the first real challenge of an untested receiver core who has got a lot of talent, but a lot of lacks, a lot of experience because here's the thing on the defensive side of the ball. Your weakness is the linebackers. U of H is a bad running team. I mean, I, I meant, and we already covered Clayton tune, pulling the balls of risk, but otherwise I think you match up very well with U of H. I think that their weakness coincides with the strength of your team. I think you got a good secondary to neutralize it. If you can contain tune on the ground, you're going to be okay. But Jack, the other side of the ball may not be the same case. U of H isn't a, a dominant defense by any stretch, but they do have a, a pass rush. That's getting some hype. Tack has a, an unproven weak offensive line. U of H has got a pretty solid defense around these guys. What are we thinking is Tech's key here to get by U of H defensively? What does Tech have to do well to win? I think you have to check down.
1: Uh, And and it comes with the fact that we have both talked about uh, some of Tyler Shuck's uh, shortcomings when it comes to holding the ball a little too long. I think that in this game, the key is going to be for Tyler Shuck to be able to check down and check down effectively. Um, do I think that this Houston secondary can shut down tech receivers? Absolutely not. Uh, let me be clear again, I don't mean any like blatant disrespect to Houston, but I don't think I don't think Alex Hogan can shut down any of... I watched Alex Hogan play for while he was at Tech, and I don't think that he can shut down anyone on this Tech receiving core at all by any means. I saw him get burned by too many people uh, from FCS schools uh, in order to shut down Power 5 people. I saw him get burned a couple times uh, in last year's game at NRG. Uh, I, I... I really do think that this pass rush will be effective. Uh, again, this, like you mentioned, this will be the offensive line's first true test uh, because Murray State won't be one. But I do think that if the read isn't there originally, I think that one of the keys in Zach Kitley's offense is to be able to check down and check down effectively and check down quick. So you grab the snap. If you're even if you're in the shotgun, you receive the snap one, two, three. If nothing's there, check down. Um in the past, Sir Roderick Thompson and Taj Brooks have been very good receiving out of the backfield. Uh from everything I've read, uh even next guy up, Cameron Valdez has been extremely good. Uh hands extremely good uh receiving out of the backfield. So that is definitely going to be a key to watch for. I, I think that the running backs on the offense will be a key in this game uh, as well as Tyler Shuck being able to check down to those running backs. I think that if you're able to use all uh, with Sir Roderick Thompson, Taj Brooks, and uh, Cameron Valdez effectively in this game, I think that Tech should be able to win this game. Um, I think that kitley's offense sets up really well for being able to you know establish the run at times and work short routes and then be able to set it up to where there's a deep shot down the field uh we saw it uh breaking it down at western kentucky for those of you that read my article on viva the matadors i put a i uh, linked in a youtube video to it from a guy who um who breaks down air raid offenses, and he broke down Zach Kittley's offense uh, from when he was at Houston Baptist and at Western Kentucky. And and it's a quick five-minute video if you want to go back and find that article on Viva the Matadors. It's a very quick thing about how Zach Kittley likes to establish the short game and then take shots when it's warranted down the field. And I think that as long as we can establish those uh, shorter gains... And then take the shots effectively down the field. I don't see why uh, Tech should not be able to, uh, you know, move the ball efficiently on offense. But for my key to this game is going to be uh, Tyler Shuck checking down to the running backs and the running backs catching the ball out of the backfield and and uh, getting meaningful yards on the uh, after catch.
0: Yeah, I think I I think that the secondary for U of H is just not situated well against Tech. I think this is going to come down to what the offensive line does, and that feels like a cop out because we could say that right now from the preseason about every game, but it is true. If Tech holds up and keeps Tyler Shuck up op- upright, I mean, you got guys who we watched get torched already for U of H, replacing much better corners. You know, U of H lost some really, really, really strong corners. Uh, and I, I just don't, I just don't see them being able to fill in those shoes. So if Tech keeps shuck up right, this is a blowout. I mean, I, I mean, it's not close, kind of blowout. I don't, I, I think it. Look, we've been bit in the ass so many times on this podcast. It comes from being homers, and it comes from knowing more about Tech than we do the opposition. But you match up well against U of H. You match up really well against U of H, and. The, the, the position group you probably don't mash up that great against is I think U of H's pass rush against your offensive line. If that group stands up tall and keeps Shuck with maybe a sack, you're going to give up a sack probably. But you keep them upright for most of the game, you give them a clean pocket to throw in, you're going to dominate. Um, I don't think U of H's defense is going to be better than last year's. I think if anything, they maybe do for a bit of a regression in most positions other than the defensive line. And that's going to be the make or break for me. You mentioned checking it down. If the Dolphins line's failing, Shuck has got to get the ball out of his hand, get it checked down. I mean, that that's, that's, it's critical that this year we see Tyler Shuck willing to take what the defense is giving him. And if he doesn't have time to throw it down field, take it short and intermediate. Um, let your playmakers make plays. We're going to find out really quick with this team what they can do Um, at Murray State will be a good tune up. They'll beat the hell out of them, but it'll be a good opportunity to see, you know, if you're struggling in pass production there, you're going to be pretty concerned for this U of H game. You're going to be even more concerned for the NC State game, which we're about to get to. But I I think that you got them at home. I think you've got the fans behind you. As long as you keep Shuck upright, you're going to be in a really good shape. Uh, Alternatively, if U of H is getting Shuck on the ground, this offense is going to stall. You know, and I don't think Tech is just going to blow them out defensively. I think Tech matches up well, but I think UVH is going to score. They scored last year, you know, they scored last year. And this offensive line may be a little bit better than last year's. We'll see on that front. I still think they're going to be pretty bad and Tech's defensive line is going to be better, but they're going to put up points and you've got to be able to match them, especially early on when the energy is really flowing for both teams. That's when both teams are going to give their best haymaker. You got to be able to score with them. And if the offensive line isn't doing its job and you're not scoring with them, UVH could get comfortable. And if they get comfortable, they're going to put on a show. Dana Holgerson has a history of beating Tech. You know he did it a lot at West Virginia. He did it with some bad teams at West Virginia. And you know, they're you know it's an this is an early test of a of a team with some questions on it. But the biggest question I've got is, can you keep Chuck upright? But we're going to end our segment on U of H and we'll transition to NC State to close the show with predictions. And Jack, I'm just going to ask you upright, who wins this game? Uh, the Houston game? Yeah, Houston. Yeah, uh,
1: I think, you know, like I said when I was talking, if, if you're talking the... If it's at a neutral site, I think it's a toss-up. But I, I truly think that... Having it at jo- at the Jones really uh, pushes it over the edge for Tech. I think Tech wins, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think it's going to be uh, within one score, probably. And I think it truly shows what Tech can expect, not just from uh, future opponents, but it highlights the things that need to be worked on both offensively and defensively uh, with this team. Uh, so I guess a uh, prediction, I would say tech wins. Um, I'll go ahead and say 34 to 31.
0: I'm taking the red Raiders as well. I just, if this was on the road, I might feel differently about it. though U of H fans don't really make an impact, but at home, after what should be an easy win over Murray State, there's going to be a lot of energy, a lot of hype. It's going to be a hot one in Lubbock. Um, that usually favors the home team a bit in the environment, though U of H is definitely used to the heat with all the weather we've had lately. Um, so I, I think that, you know, 65,000 loud Texas Tech fans is going to be a big help. I think that the it's just the question marks in the offensive line are going to be answered one way or another. But I think regardless of what happens, Tech just has more ways to win this game. You know, your defensive line can get home. Your secondary can neutralize the passing game. Your linebackers, if they show up and if they show out, can can do it. If the offensive line stands up, you got unlimited options on the offensive side of the ball. I think U of H has a much narrow window window to win this game. They gotta get to Shuck. They gotta protect Toon. They gotta get open. There's their secondary has to play a great game. I mean, they just have so many ways that they can lose and only one the only real path they have to win is hope that Toon can take advantage of the linebacker core and hope that the offensive line keeps them upright, which I don't think they're really going to do. But, and he has to hope they have to hope on the the, the defensive side that they get home early and often. So it's just a much narrow path to victory. I'm pretty comfortable calling a two score win. Um, And again, part of that's homerism, right? Like if you ask me, what do I think rationally about this tech team? I think, you know, prove that you're not going to be four and eight before I start really buying in. But I, I looking at this game, I don't, if I'm going to be, you know, a homer, if I'm going to call this game, I think Tech's going to win this one. And since I am who I am, I'm going to call it two scores. So I'm going to say this one, it's not going to be that high scoring just because I think Tech ends up running the ball a bit more in this game than you'd expect. Um, they got, you know, a good match up there. But I, I think that, let's, let's call it, let's call it 34-21. I think that's that's what I'm comfortable saying, and you know we were pretty spot on last year, if I remember right, our score predictions were almost dead on the money, though how it went about didn't really happen, but uh, we were pretty good. So hopefully we continue our streak with U of H predictions, and the Red Raiders are able to start the season two and out. Which brings us hey, to what
1: is bef- before oh, we start before we start the NC State uh, preview. I would like to just out loud ask to. Suggest a topic for our bye week uh, this year. And maybe we were on a Twitter poll or something about what we should talk about during the bye week Um, But you mentioned something that I found super interesting. And it's the Southwest Conference. And should we take the Southwest Conference seriously from back when uh, it it was the conference that Tech was in? But at the same time, I mean, you're talking about a conference that had a subpar TCU. I mean, they had Rice. Uh, and granted, we did have SMU, A&M, Texas, and Tech, and Arkansas. Uh, this was back when SMU was like the top of the world uh, before the James family ruined its first of two uh, collegiate football franchises. But um, I think that we should talk about at some point... Uh, Just the Southwest Conference, and for those that listen to our practices, I mean, truly, I don't think any of us on here uh, were really, truly plugged into Texas Tech athletics uh, when the Southwest Conference was a thing. So I think that maybe in our off week, or at some point down the road, because it was a thing in basketball also, maybe we talk about the Southwest Conference and how those uh, rivalries are perceived rivalries impact uh, tech and other schools uh, in today's uh, conference realignment landscape.
0: Yeah, I think that's a valid conversation to have, especially with U of H, right? Like I I don't think any tech fans view like Baylor, TCU, or, you know, um, even Texas through the lens of that. That was our Southwest Conference opponent. But, you know, there is something to say about U of H. And there is something to say about, the history of SMU and with U of H now joining the big 12, I, I think it's definitely worth having the conversation about how is that conference, the impact of that conference felt today? How did it shape out? So I think I, I'm going to save that in the memory banks. We're going to have that conversation in the bye week and it'll be fun. You know, if U of H wins, it'll be a talking point for that. If tech wins, it'll be a talking point for that uh, as we head to a world in which we're going to be playing them theoretically almost every year, um, at least in basketball every year and baseball every year and probably in football as well so you know that it's 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 a lens to view these kind of contests and i don't think that this way but i know there are a lot of tech fans and probably some u of h fans out there who think the same that are pretty excited that the universities have continued you know playing each other sporadically throughout the years you know kind of kept some of that energy alive um because u of h has really not successfully gotten many games against the other southwest conference teams um for instance i don't think they played baylor or tcu or texas since the breakup now Knock on wood, or fake wood for that instance on my part. Theoretically, U of H will get a shot at these teams um, before that the the conference falls apart. But we'll see what OU and Texas ultimately like to do. Uh, but it is a fun discussion and one we should have. And I think I would be curious to know what kind of what the fans think, generally speaking, on both sides about that history does it matter or is it time to or is the rivalry going to be built around something new if it forms i think u of h is a natural future rival which is one of the reasons i want this win this year heading into the big 12 u of h has got a lot of hype a lot of aspirations to really run the table i'd love to ruin that for them right before they get to the big 12 so you know we're predicting the win we'll see what happens but regardless of what happens in the U of H game, you will be immediately tested in the next week with a road trip to the NC State Wolfpack. Now, North Carolina State is not a program anybody thinks about as being dominant in college football. You know, nobody thinks about NC State as being dominant in college football, but they were very good last year with a lot of injuries, and they're predicted to be even better this year. Now, there are a lot of mixed opinions on this NC State team. They're very highly touted, very highly rated a um, lot of, you know, I think they're over-unders like 9.5 or 10 wins. Um, there's a lot of mixed opinions if this is an overrated team uh, heading towards a bust or a team that's going to live up to the hype and really compete in the ACC. We'll give you our two cents on that as we go. Let's start by looking at NC State defensively. We started offense last time for U of H. So let's flip it around. Let's look at the defense for NC State. It's probably a pretty solid unit, you know, all things considered. But what I want to ask you, Jack, is when you look at this defense overall, what of this defense you think is the worst matchup for tech? You know, what's this, what unit should tech work on the most trying to handle? What's the biggest threat from NC state defensively?
1: Um, well, as much as I hate to admit it, probably the biggest threat from NC state is going to be their pass rush. Um, the secondary really doesn't do much for me, but I, I really truly think that a good defensive pass rush is going to be uh, detrimental. Um, I will say hey, that the one non-player related thing that irks me about this NC State team is the fact that Ruffin McNeil is a special assistant to the head coach. And it's just something about Ruffin McNeil that I know you and I agree on this, and we've had multiple discussions on this for length, or at length, I should say. But we both feel like Ruffin McNeil should have been named the head coach after the whole leech, uh, falling out at Texas tech. And so when tech fans look at NC state and see Ruffin McNeil as a special assistant to the head coach, uh, they might feel a little, uh, exposed in a way, but at the same time, uh, also glad to see that Ruffin's still around in the college game. Um, to answer the question, I I still feel like the pass rush. I just we're at a point that if I had to pick out a, a flaw on the tech offense, it's going to be the O line. Uh, depending on experience and injuries, health, and and things like that, it, it's just a it's a it's a question mark. Uh, to be blunt, it's a it's a huge question mark, and uh, I think that really you could make the argument for any game that Tech plays this year uh, regardless of what the experience is uh, in the front seven that the O-line for Tech is going to be tested in all all the games that they play and it's because if you're scouting if you were taking an outside look at this Tech team you would be seeing that the O-line is the biggest question mark so you're going to try to exploit that and so th- that's where I come to – that's what I come to from this question. I just feel like the offensive line, even though uh, we'll have two games under our belt, uh, both of us are assuming that Tech will be 2-0 and at this point. Um, but I think that if you're an outside team looking at this Tech offense trying to exploit a weakness, it would be the offensive line.
0: NC State defensively is an interesting squad because they – They return a good amount of talent, but they lost a lot of like the top end guys um, as a team. But defensively, I think that they are. (sighs) The way I would describe them is they may not have anybody on this team that screams like Tyree Wilson level talent, but every guy on this defense is just good. There's depth. There's all ACC caliber defensive potential. There's there's just a lot of really, really solid players. And a lot of it's because of who came back. Isaiah Moore and Peyton Wilson were both guys who've had injury history. They're both back. They elected not to enter the NFL draft because of their injury history. So they're going to have a strong linebacker group. Um, it's it's one of those situations. They, they have a good pass rush, but it's, it's not like, amazing i mean it's it, it's hard to describe nc state to me and i i could be again we know the most about texas tech but i i'm looking at this nc state team and thinking um this is an nc state team that doesn't isn't going to wow you in any particular position group with stats but they're just going to overall come for you they're going to come with you with depth and talent in every position and this is why it's such a great test for tech because they're going to play teams of more high-end talent but they're not going to play many teams as deep as nc state NC State's just going to be good. I don't think they're going to beat themselves defensively. I don't think they're going to make a lot of mistakes. They're going to get after you on the pass rush. They're going to get after you in the secondary. There's weaknesses to exploit, but you just have to. I think that the the number one thing here is. I mean, I think the number one thing here that the matchup I'm most afraid of is, of course, the offensive line, but I got to say it's your secondary, your receivers against the secondary that got good. They've got good players in that secondary, guys, and you've got a secondary, you've got a receiving group that has not played a high-talented uh, secondary, more or less. Miles Price is probably your most experienced guy right now. They have not faced a secondary as good as NC State the entire time he's been on campus. Um, I feel pretty confident saying that, just because there haven't been a lot of like world outstanding Big Twelve secondaries. Um, U of H is a good, pretty good little defensive unit, but they don't have a secondary anywhere near or as talented as what NC State does. I want to see your receiving core step up. Look, the offensive line is an easy answer in all of these situations for where are you looking for problems against the defense, but we're going to find out what the offensive line can do. I want to see what these receivers can do. I want to see this guy's take talent, turn it into to production. Who's going to step up with Miles Price? Who's going to be the next Azekama? Who's going to step up and take over the tight end position? Who's going to step up out of the, out of the receivers and really take over the deep the the intermediate threat who's going to be your star slot receiver who's going to be the guy you want to have the ball at all times is miles price just gonna have to do it by himself like as did last year you know if that's the case you're in trouble if guy's going to step up around him you have a chance to beat nc state this is a tough matchup for tech there's no doubt like i said there are a lot of mixed opinions on nc state being boom or bust but the reality situation is they are more talent than tech i think that's fair Maybe people would disagree. You're going to have to beat NC State by uh, exploiting where you can and having guys make plays. You have to beat NC State by showing up and playing your ass off. But what I really want to see is I want to see a receiving core that comes out and is competitive. Get separation. Help your quarterback. He could get in some heat this game. We're going to find out about that offensive line against U of H. He could be under some duress. He's going to need guys to get open and get open in a hurry. Get open make plays.
1: I'd, I'd like to add something real quick also. Um, bear with us because we are also still learning to, uh, I guess, talk about the tight ends as a uh, as a legitimate group here, and I think the tight ends and NC State linebackers will be a huge uh, matchup in this game also because we've talked about you know the offensive line getting exposed and whatnot, and and be granted you can. You can expect that our tight ends will be very well coached to block and help uh, this offensive line. But at the same time, I'm interested to see possible play action and uh, roll out to find these tight ends, finding the soft spots within the linebackers, Uh, not just against NC State, but Houston also. But now that we're talking about NC State, I think that that could also be a big uh, deciding factor in this game.
0: Yeah, no doubt, because I'm, I'm one of the things I want to talk about with NC State's defense. Or one of the things to note is a lot of their pass rush comes from the linebacker group um, and a lot of their star powers in the linebacker group. And how do you neutralize gray linebacker groups is you keep them in coverage. You force them to go up against tight ends who are big, strong and athletic and can make them work possession after possession and wear them down. Tech. Is going to need, I think Mason Tharp is coming out of concussion protocol. I believe he's projected to be back by game one. If not, I think it's going to be Baylor's the guy. Um, You're going to need one of those two guys to step up, take over. You're going to need those guys to make play. One of the things a quarterback looks to when he's in trouble, it's one, check down to running back, two, check down to your big tight end. Find him. He's usually a matchup nightmare. And if that's the case, Tech will have a chance here. I don't think NC state is leaps and bounds better than tech offense versus defense, but you can get into trouble in this game. if Guys aren't making plays. Um, you're going to need your skill position guys to make plays. Cause we do not know if the offensive line is going to stand up yet. And if they can't, you got to have guys getting open early and often, and you got to have a running back who can, you know, find their holes. We're going to see. I, I NC state's going to be easier to preview. Everybody's going to be easier to preview against tech. Once we know what the offensive line looks like, so much of our concerns will be answered or, you know, proven well, well-founded after the Houston game. But that's the matchup I'm watching is, is as Jack just mentions, tight ends, the matchup I'm watching is receivers. Who's going to make, who's going to step up, help your quarterback out? Who's going to be the guy to help Shuck out? Uh, we're going to flip now to the NC State offense. We are running a little low on time. Uh, NC State offensively is a pretty interesting squad. They lost their top receiver. They lost their top overall offensive lineman. They lost both of their top running backs. But they were an extremely um, balanced receiving core last year. I believe it was six receivers had over 200 uh, yards. Um, It's an offensive line that's going to be pretty good. It's it's a running game, though, that is questionable. Their biggest question mark is the running game. They were not great last season um, on running the ball. Not horrible. Don't want to make a mistake. And they just lost two great running backs and a great left tackle. So question marks on the ground game. Here's the thing. Um, Their quarterback this year is um, somebody that we're all going to learn more about. Um, Devin Leary was probably the second best quarterback in the ACC or close to. The only reason we didn't hear more about him is because NC State got banged up, dropped games they shouldn't have. And Kenny Pickett and Pitt kind of became the story out of that conference. And Kenny Pickett in particular just drowned out any other noise. But Devin Leary had 35 TDs. Um, against five interceptions. He was a 3,500-yard passer. He's a good quarterback. Um, Decent size, 6'1", 2'12", not exactly your prototypical quarterback size. He was at 3,400 yards, 35 TDs, five picks, as I mentioned. He lost his top target, but he is known to spread the ball around. Um, guys to watch are Taylor Thomas, Devin Carter, um, and they have a transfer coming in, Daryl Jones. He's from Maryland, who's expected to help prop up that unit. But again, they didn't average, they didn't break 200 yards on the ground in nine straight games to close the season. And they were at a really hard time getting to even just that four yards a pop mark, which any offensive line coach would tell you that's the bare minimum for success. Um, Jordan Houston's probably going to be their starting running back. Not great. Um, only think he had 83 yards last season, one TD. Like I said, if you lose two top running backs, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, this is, the, this is where Tech can make its money. This is going to be a balanced NC State attack. It has to be. Strength is going to be the quarterback, but they're going to have to run the ball with losing your top receiver and top offensive lineman. There's some question marks there. But this is where Tech can really pin back its ears and pass rush. The NC State ground game not a huge threat. NC State doesn't have a ton of high talent skill position players, but they got a really good QB, and I would love to see his ass on the ground early and often. I think if you, I'm gonna go ahead and start by saying with my top position to watches for running long time. If you can get Devin Leary on the ground, it's a lot like Clayton Tune, um, where he's he's a lot of what makes U of H's offense what it is. It's just his ability to create plays. If you can get Devin Leary on the ground, NC State's gonna be in trouble. Um, if you pressuring him early and often, they don't have the ground game to back him up. They don't have the skill position players that I'm like freaking out about worried. I think you match up well. Um, but he's got a big arm. He's accurate. And if he's got time to throw, they're going to, they're going to score. They're going to move down the field. They're going to move down the field of ease. Um, he's talented enough to move down even against a great secondary, let alone a tech secondary. That's probably going to be more like just good. Now, that's my key get Devin Lear in the ground. I think we're saying the same thing about all these teams because we haven't seen Tech in action yet to answer some of our questions. So I'm sorry if this sounds a little repetitive, but it's reality is when you play good quarterbacks and you're looking at skill positions that aren't that wildly talented, easiest way to neutralize them is get the quarterback on the ground. Any easiest way to neutralize any offense and Tech's strength, obviously the defensive line. But Jack, I'm going to push you to answer a different co- direction. You got a linebacker core that's a little shaky. lack of depth, lack of experience. We're going to find out more about these guys as we go. What's the risk with these guys? What do they have to do in this game to really control NC State and give Tech the best opportunity to win? Well,
1: I think they have to cover the tight ends for NC State because I'm looking at the stats right now for the whole season. And yeah, they had a decent ground game last year, but... Overall, they only had 11 touchdowns on the ground, and with those top two running backs being gone, they lost eight of those 11 touchdowns on the ground. Only averaged, what is that, you know, roughly 126 yards a game on the ground as a team, roughly. So I think a lot of their offense relies on the passing game and as it should, their quarterback is good. Like you said, if Kenny Pickett didn't go off last year and have his type of seasons, we heard we would have heard a lot more about Devin Leary. So I really truly think that this linebacking core, specifically for tech, has to cover the tight ends and the short stuff really well. Possibly the the running backs coming out of the backfield Uh, Looking to get those short receptions also because this doesn't appear to be a team that focuses on running the ball a whole lot. Again, um, I will say this, I respect NC State. I respect their quarterback. I don't respect the guy calling the plays. Uh, Tim Beck was Tom Herman's offensive coordinator for the first two years that he was at Texas uh, before he got fired. So uh, realistically, there are some people at Tech somewhere that have seen this offense before, know what's going to happen. Possibly a couple of guys that are on the field have seen this offense before, and it's from playing Texas uh, early in their uh, collegiate careers. I will say this, this is a team that did not lose at home last year. They won all their games, they, all seven games that they played at home. Um, they did lose to Mississippi State, uh, who Tech beat in the bowl game, but it was their second game of the year. It was at Starkville. They lost 24-10. to 10. Uh, Leary had 303 yards through the air, um, but... Their top running back only had 31 yards on the ground, only carried it eight times. So uh, their top receiver uh, Th- for this game was Thayer Thomas, who is back. Only had or he had seven catches, uh, but he only had 39 yards. He did have a touchdown, but um, again, this is a game where if you have over seven cat or if you have seven catches, but you only have 39 yards total, uh, it's a pretty good job on defense. So. I think that the key for this, um, probably for the Tech offense, again, I I hate to keep sounding repetitive, but for me, it's going to be the offensive line being able to control the game. Uh, Time of possession will be a huge key in this game. Um, But on the defensive side of the ball, like you asked, uh, for me on the linebackers, it's going to be are they able to cover the running backs and the tight ends when they're looking for these short receptions. Cause at this point in time, I am fully confident in the secondary covering the receivers. Uh, but will the linebackers be able to cover the tight ends and the running backs? I think that for me is going to be the big key when it comes to the linebacking core in this game.
0: We are almost out of time, and I want to close with predictions on this game. I'll give mine first. I'll give Jack. You're on the road against an NC State team that's got a lot of expectations. They have a lot more to lose, mind you, than you do, uh, especially if you've beaten U of H. You've accomplished your mission. I mentioned this from the start, but the more rentable game is U of H at home by a wide margin. NC state has East Carolina game one. That's something I think all tech fans should watch. It's an 11 a.m. Game on the third, um, wake up, watch that game then get to watching tech later in the evening. If that's all you care to watch because I think we're going to learn a lot about NC state against East Carolina. We're going to learn a lot about tacking in these two games, but East Carolina is not a bad program. Not a good one but it's not a bad little team. And the big thing is, if NC State's actually top 15, good, they should dominate that game. So we're also going to get a picture of what it kind of looks like. How's their offensive line holding up? How do they handle the losses to the receiving core? How do they handle the loss to the running back group? Horribly depleted running back group. You know, how, how good is this defense going to be? What's the, the ceiling for those guys? You get a feel of that for week one. You're going to see more of it week two when they play Charleston Southern, I believe that is, who won't challenge them at all. But it'll give you an idea a bit more on kind of how, how do they scheme we're, we're the go-to guys against bad teams like that in that first quarter you should go to your best playmakers a few times and run up the score so you may get a look at that houston has um oh shoot i'm blanking on their first game oh UTSA. man I, utsa that's right utsa and that's another one i think tech fans should watch utsa looking to build off of a great season last year under jeff trailer that earned him his big extension uh, it's at the look- alamo
1: dome in san antonio as well
0: yeah, if you're in the area, by the way, I know a lot of Tech alum live in San Antonio. If you're in the area, might want to see if you can get a ticket. Um, I'm sure it'll be a pretty expensive ticket, uh, not because U of H travels well, but because San Antonio is really starting to rally around that team. But um, that that's a big game to watch as well for Tech fans. You're going to get a great idea of what U of H is doing, how they're handling some of their losses, how their offensive line looks. But as for NC State, I think Tech loses this game. And I want to be a homer and say they can win it. But I, I got Tech going 2-1 and one, heading into the, the, the non conference heading into the conference slate. um, I think you're on the road. That's tough. You're a first-year head coach. That's tougher. And you're doing it with a lot of question marks. NC State may not be overwhelmingly talented. I would, again, describe NC State as just a very good football team. I don't think they're going to have any stars who just leap out at you besides Devin Leary. But they've got a lot of talent top to bottom. Um, The run game may not be the best, but they've got good players in a lot of good spots. And that's a tough matchup they just a good defensive unit like that, a well-rounded defensive unit, unit like that without a lot of holes is a tough one for an air raid to attack because they can come at you pass rush. They got good linebackers. They got a good secondary tough to attack. And then on the other side, um, you got to hold up against, you know, you got to find a way to hold out against a really good quarterback. Um, who's really good at distributing the ball around to his guys and trusting his guys. Um, I think Tech, I don't think this is going to be blowout. I think McGuire is going to end the string of Tech just getting destroyed by these you know, highly touted teams. I think Tech is going to show up and compete in this game. I think you lose by a score late. I think this is a highly competitive football game. I think NC State has a lot to lose in this game, and it's also a game they may overlook a bit, uh, because Tech isn't going to likely be coming in with a ton of hype, even after, even if they beat U of H, as I expect they will. But I'm going to take NC State in this game. I'm going to take it in a Pretty high-scoring affair. I'm going to say NC State takes this one 45. Let me go 45. No, let me go 49-42. I'm just going to give it an even touchdown because I think the score will be about a touchdown in NC State's favor. I think it's going to be pretty high-scoring. I think both secondaries are up against the challenge. I think both defensive lines are going to have their moments. I think at the end of the day, you got two good quarterbacks up against each other, and they're going to put up points. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. I I predicted a low-scoring game against U of H, a high-scoring game against NC State. That could easily be flipped. But I think a touchdown score, whatever happens, will be the margin. Uh, So in this game, I agree. I think Tech
1: comes up short. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit less scoring than that. Uh, I'm going to go with NC State winning by score of... 34 to 28 I think that uh, when it comes down to it I think NC State might get a couple of uh, their experience might uh, scratch out a couple field goals here and there and therefore kind of push us to about six point differential I'm going to go 34 28 Uh, and then after this uh, Texas Tech can bear down and focus on uh, UT and kind of see how they look Uh, on offense and defense
0: that's gonna be our show tonight this is the end of a two-hour session for us hopefully you guys have enjoyed it Um, we're gonna like i said we're gonna after these episodes drop our next episode that we'll record we'll be looking at the big tool slate talking about key matchups Um, it'll be a bit sparser on each team reason being is Um, We're all more familiar with the Big 12 than we are in C State and Houston. So I don't think we need to dive as deep until we. And we're also going to preview each of these games as we come and go, anyways. So, you know, we're not going to leave you guys hanging on opponent previews. Don't you worry. But. I will say this about these two upcoming games. It's a lot of fun to start the Maguire era. If this ship goes south and tech goes one and two, don't panic. It's a tough schedule. A lot of winnable games left on the schedule. Just enjoy the ride the first year and wait until years two and three as Maguire's players truly get on campus and we start to turn this ship around. But if you come out of the gates, firing all cylinders, I'm going to be predicting national titles. So who the hell cares? Um, don't listen to me anyways on managing expectations. Wreck them, guys, and you will hear from us very soon.